episode 19 of Digital Digital Get Down. Hey girl! Long time no see. <laughs> Are you saying hey girl to me or to the audience? Oh, to you. Oh, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what do you have for an intro today? Uh, uh, I was going to drink some wine while you talk. That was my plan. Oh, okay. Um, oh no, I had something. This is going well so far. I was just going to start by complaining about last Saturday, just after the podcast. Do you remember what, what happened last Saturday? Sunday. After the podcast? Sunday. Our apple picking debacle. Oh, boy. Worst? We moved back to America for one thing. Apples. Not quite, but I like the whole fall aesthetic of apple picking. Oh, you're going to spill this wine. That is a gallon of wine <laughs> that you fit into two glasses. A liter. And we had some of it with dinner. Um, I wanted to do the whole fall thing, because Australia obviously has the season of seasons. autumn. Yeah. But it's backwards, and they don't do, like, the whole, like, carving pumpkins, apple picking Halloween No, they don't even stuff. do Halloween. No, not really. They don't really. even have slutty costumes. Um, I mean, some, like, bars will have slutty costume parties, yeah. and the kids do dress up at school, I think, but they and don't... Slutty costumes. <laughs> no. <laughs> they do, like, costume parties at school, but it's not really a thing. Nobody trick-or-treats, and everyone knows that trick-or-treating oh. is the best part of Halloween when you're younger. Or when you're so, older, and you just eat all the candy that you bought. Yes, because none of the kids come even though you yeah, bought lots of candy. Yeah, we're banking on. Um... So, anyways, I just wanted to go apple picking. It was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. First issue was there was apple picking traffic. Yeah. We waited fucking 45 minutes. It was minutes. like trying to get out of an NFL stadium. It was like beach traffic in New Hampshire. Beach traffic, yeah. Or in, in New England. Um, so, we finally get there. There's no you pick. You weren't allowed to pick your own apples no. at all. No. And then it was like 100 people deep to get into the store to buy just the apples they had already bought like you could do in a fucking grocery store. And there were only porta potties, and I had to pee after being in the car for an hour and a half. Good lord! So we went to a different place that was supposed to have you pick, and they had a big sign: "No you pick today," and no. they didn't have any pumpkins. Can't trust anyone to touch their own apples, I guess. And I guess not. And we waited half an hour for get a sh- to get a shitty cup of apple cider. Gosh, millennials just want to pick their own apples, but I guess that's causing too many issues. I know. So we had to just buy them at the grocery store, like the rest of the peasants. Ugh. And. Had to buy pumpkins and stuff at a farm stand. Oh, I have a Segway. You have a Segway? Yeah. Go for it. You don't usually announce the Segway. You usually take that. Oh. Just go with it. But, Because yeah. I've been reading nonfiction this week. Okay. Oh, the Omnivore Still Online. Michael so Pollan, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's not his more famous book or his newer one, but I figured I'd start with like one of his earlier ones. I thought that was his famous one. No, his famous one is the one that comes after. Which is called? That tells, I forget, but it tells people to eat... Eat real food, mostly plants, not too much, is the advice in the second book. Okay, that sounds fair, but I thought, I have definitely heard of the omnivorous dilemma the most. Yeah, so I'm halfway through it, so the first big section is all about corn, so I know everything about corn. Okay. And the second section is about grass, mainly. Okay. Yeah, so the corn... Is this mm, fueling your desire for us to be farmers, even though I'd be the worst farmer of all time? Um, no, because the farmers all sound miserable in the book. Okay. Especially the corn farmers. They all want to kill themselves. Well, yeah, because it just all goes to ethanol. Wasn't I talking to you about that? Oh, uh, no. Oh, that was my parents when we were on our very long road trip. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, basically, corn is in everything. Yeah. Like, if you go to a fast food place, like... Corn syrup. Corn syrup is in all the soda. The fries are based in corn. The... Everything. And the cow that got killed for your burger was eating corn was for eating his corn. entire life. Yeah. 
Well, and that was my issue in Australia was everything, no, nothing was corn. It was all wheat. It was all wheat glucose yeah. syrup instead of corn glucose, so I couldn't eat anything. Yeah, and if your cow ate gluten, can you eat the cow? This goes to my next big business venture, which is um, free cows. kale-fed kale, where you only eat kale that was fertilized by with a cow kale. that ate kale. Oh, I thought you were just going to say with straight-up kale. No, I don't think that would work as fertilizer. It does taste like shit, but... Well, it decomposes. We're getting way too science. <laughs> anyway. So, so, yeah, corn is everywhere. And it's like this weird circle thing because, like, they started producing too much corn, so they started using corn and all this shit, and now it There's relies on it, so corn. now they have to make more corn. Well, and that's the problem with ethanol is that they're like, oh, it's such a great non-fossil fuel yeah. fuel source, except that then you have so much of the ethanol, so much of the corn going to ethanol for vehicles that there's not enough corn for people to eat or for the animals to eat, yeah. because the prices are better for ethanol than for corn syrup or for people to eat. Yeah. And then, so section two was a lot about grass. I didn't find the grass stuff particularly interesting, but then it talked a lot about the term organic and what the hell it means today and all that goes into it. I mean, it started out with some real science behind it. Yeah. And some of the farms that are truly organic are, like, doing it the correct way where they rotate their crops and they cross-fertilize and all this kind of stuff. But bare minimum organic is just, like, they don't use one of the eight top pesticides or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And really it just rams home the point that, like, no matter what you buy in the grocery store, you're probably damaging some part of the earth because either... It came from far away, like like Michael Pollan was talking about how he got asparagus from uh, South America in the winter because it's not a winter crop right, in America. Right, the transport expenses yeah. of it. Yeah, could be worse than if someone spraying a pesticide. Or that's one of the worst things about the agricultural industry is that for the most part we don't live near the farms anymore as right. like a human society. So yeah. in a city, there's such a high demand, but everything has to come from far away because there's no farmland in the city, especially like in the Northeast and, and like in LA and stuff where there's so much sprawl. Yeah. There's no farmland right next to the city, so where the demand is, it's not where it's being grown. Yeah, so I feel guilty about everything, about eating anything now. We just need to buy local stuff. I was looking at that at the store today. Okay. So you buy as local as you can, yeah. and buy things that are preferably organic, whatever that means. Yeah. But local is more important than organic, I think, yeah. in terms of environmental impact. Yeah, and the, the cage-free stuff is such garbage, like... The one interesting bit was, like, you see all these organic cage-free eggs have, like, these, like, local farm names, and that's all actually complete bullshit. Like, it's from the big farm, and they're in this separate sort of semi-cage-free area, and they call it, like, Aunt Petunia's uh, cage-free eggs, but it's not actually a yeah. local farm. Because like, cage-free doesn't mean that they're not in the tiny pen, it just means they're not in individual cages. No, the ridiculous one that he writes about is that there's a this special rule where as long as they have access to the outdoors, it counts... But the way they raise the chickens, they're so terrified to go outside that none of them do. But there's a very small door with a little bit of light, and that counts as having free range. Yeah. All right. After that happy topic. Yeah. Um, bringing the real shit. Do we have any like pop culture updates? Um, Did we talk it, about the mayor last time? We started watching the mayor. A couple and of the shows that we mentioned a while shows. ago. Yeah. What's your opinion on them so far? Um, you can't judge a show on a, a network show based on its pilot, for sure. Yeah, we've watched the second episode of each of them. Yeah. Um, I, th- uh, mm, I think I, like, ghosted slightly more than the mayor. Just because of Ben Wyatt? Yeah, and I think the chick is hot, too. The one from 22 Jump Street. Uh, she doesn't do it for me. That's okay. Um, I always say that I want 
there to be more like 25 minute comedies because yeah. like when we've been watching a lot of crazy ex-girlfriend trying to power through the first season of that Oof, it's a long, long fucking episodes. first season long, but that's the thing it's long episodes like I feel like that type of show would work better in a shorter format because yeah. some of the jokes and the personalities get a bit tiring after 50 yeah. minutes yeah but on these shorter shows, I feel like I blink and it's over. Like, yeah. there's no time for anything to develop. It's just like there's one conflict, there's one resolution, and then that's the whole episode. That's right. And I'm struggling a little bit with that. Oh, you've been raised on too much Netflix. I guess. I raised mm. on Netflix. <laughs> only five years ago. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. So I don't, I don't know what I want anymore. I don't even know what I look for in a TV show anymore. Besides oh, Parks and Rec. Well, that's uplifting, too. <laughs> uh, <sighs> in movie world... Yeah. We got our Star Wars tickets. Uh, yeah, we bought them. December. Did we get anything from them? Did we get yeah, a confirmation? Yeah, I got an email. Okay, good. Uh, so we're not going opening night because someone, one of the two of us didn't want to go. We'll let you guess open, who that is. Movies open on Fridays when I was a young boy. Yes, but then they change it to midnight of the Thursday and yeah. then they finally realize nobody wants to go at midnight so they'd let people go at 7. Yeah, I don't believe in that shit. You go on Friday. Okay, so we're going on Friday. Get <laughs> down the law. We're going to IMAX. Yep. Should be good. 3D? I ha- it is 3D because all the IMAX ones are 3D now. You don't get a choice. No, I saw Blade Runner show what? up as 2D oh, IMAX. Are we going to see that sometime? No, I have that on my good news. <laughs> We're not going yeah. to see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I haven't watched the new trailer, oh though. Oh my gosh, you're such a little trailer binger usually. I saw something being like the new trailer has a lot of spoilers. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to see the movie. You don't have to convince me to see it. Well, then, yeah. What's so, the point of the trailer? Yeah. So, what's the point of the trailer? I guess the point is that they release them at carefully calculated time chunks so that it keeps the hype up. Stays in the national discourse. Yeah, stays relevant. Yeah. But it's not necessary for me. Like, I'm going to go. We have tickets. We have it in our calendar. Yeah. So, I don't know that I really Block need it. to see. Like, Block I'm excited it about it. I'm being fucking Ray for Halloween, and we're going to have BB-8 pumpkin. So, Yo. I think I'm excited enough and about I'm it. I'm slutting Kylo Ren. Yeah, we need to figure here out. Is he just going to wear the mask and nothing else? And that's Possibly. why it's bloody. I don't know if that'd be child appropriate for our neighborhood. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Are we going to go into good news, bad news? You think you have a good news. Yeah. That I don't have as my good news, but I should have had as my good news? Are you going to do the songs first? All the good news and some bad news. Here we go. it every, every week. So yeah. It's supposed to be good news, bad news. Um, your good news, something that you've begged for on the podcast before. Tell me. You describe the wine and you ponder it while you do that. Oh, um, we have a liter of wine tonight. <laughs> well, we did, past tense. Yes, it's empty now. Post haste. Um, it is Innovacion hmm. from Mendoza, Argentina. Argentina. Okay, how many um, fossil fuels were burned getting it here? It didn't ask. It doesn't uh, say on the bottle. A hundred percent sustainably farmed grapes. Yes. Social welfare programs. Yes. Energy conservation. Green fertilizers. Does that mean homeless people were picking the grapes? Um, possibly. <laughs> or it takes care of the families of the farmers, more likely. Oh, okay. Wildlife preservation. Vineyard irrigation from pure mountain water. Yum. Water recycling programs and vegan friendly. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Vegans are like now getting picky about their wine. So. Um, the grapes are handpicked in 18 kilo plastic boxes. I thought you were going to say 1810, 1809 or something. Um, and it shows opulent fruit with notes of pears, pineapples, and bananas with excellent harmony and balance. Yep, I'm getting all that. You're getting, feeling it? Getting a big hit of balance. <laughs> um, so it's 90% Torrentes and 10% Pinot Grigio. Okay. 
It's you, not bad. You and your blends. Pretty dry. This one just said Pinot Grigio on it. I didn't mm, recognize the hidden. first one. Okay, so. So, sustainably farmed grapes and vegan friendly. So, that ties in very well to what and we're And you said it was about. cheap. Mm-hmm. So, Captain Wino, what, what is the good news? I don't know. It's I have no idea what you're alluding to. You're going to take into the bathtub or to the beach? Nothing? <gasps> is it a waterproof Kindle? Yeah. That's my dream. Yeah. How do I get one? How did you Are miss they out it? for Christmas? Yeah. Because I don't read tech news. Oh, please. God. Oh, God. It's like $250. That's your function in the It's like $250. I probably don't need it yet, but when the current Kindle breaks... Or I should yeah. forget about it and lose it somewhere. And we get a bathtub that works. Yes. Mm. Very frustrating. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, it's the new Oasis. It's waterproof. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm taking a bath or like when you're at the, in the pool or at the lake or something, yeah. like I could just swim out with my Kindle, swim out to the raft. Yeah. And, like it's completely like submergible. Yeah, I didn't read all the details. Is it water repellent? Like it just waterproof. rolls off. It's waterproof, so like yeah. I can literally go for a swim with it. What about you could salt water? Scuba diving. What about salt water? Uh, we'll check. Okay. We'll get back to you on that. Well, there's no oceans here anyway, so true. We're safe. <laughs> it's pretty irrelevant We're for safe. the moment, unless I bring it to the aquarium. <laughs> um, but that'd be so cool for the lake or for the pool. If we have a pool in the future. So you you would bring it in the water. I mean, 100%. I have a waterproof phone, and I don't put water anywhere oh, no, near no, no, it. Not a phone. And the Kindle, I don't think I'd really, like, swim with it, because that would be really weird. <laughs> but, like, if you were in a float in the pool. Yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. have it on the float. Or, like, in yeah. the bathtub. Like, you don't, like, stay underwater and read in the bathtub. Yeah. But you could, like, you didn't you don't have to, like, have a towel and wipe your hands off every time you flip a page, right. you know? Yeah. Really? Future's here. I totally missed that. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm glad I could bring that to you. I just wish I didn't even have my good news. Yeah, that's fine. You can take that one. I have other ones. Very small good news. Okay, share it with the group. Did you ever watch Supermarket Sweep as a child? Uh, once. Coming back. Okay. It's a really funny show. You hate supermarket shopping, though. But Supermarket Sweep is a competition. Oh, you would do good if it was competition. Yeah, you have to run around, and the point is that you have to... It depends on, like, which one they're doing. But usually yeah. the point is you have, like, one card or how many of carts you can carry. Yeah. And you have to get the most money in your in your thing. Mm-hmm. So however much highest you value your card, products. highest value. Okay. So you have to fill up your cart and have and then they, you have to go to checkout, checkout and you only have, like, a minute. Yeah. So you have to run around the grocery store with your cart, throw the most expensive things you can into your cart. Yeah. And then go check out. And then whoever has the, has the highest value at checkout wins. Yeah. Guy Fieri had something like this. I hope, huh? I pray to God it's better than that. He had Guy's checkout or something. Oh, no, so no, no. This shit was like it. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, 80s. no, I'm saying that it's been knocked off since then. No, like the, the, the like, trademarked supermarket sweep okay. is coming back. Uh, set up the DVR. I don't know, it's probably going to be like a daytime thing that I'll never actually watch, but I do get a little bit excited when I hear Let's see. Can I have another good news? Can I have a personal good news? Sneak it in. Can I talk about how I'm one step closer to my dream of becoming Leslie Nope? You're getting closer. You ate waffles this week. I assume that's what you I mean. I ate too many waffles this yeah. week. Am I allowed to talk about my job? Yeah. I Tell got a new job that is technically mm-hmm. under the jurisdiction of Parks and Rec. St. Paul. Do, 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 do. That was terrible version of the theme song. Mm. Do, 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 yeah, do. I think mine was better. What? <laughs> okay. Anyways, so I have moved to the Midwest. Yep. Slightly Check. against my will. Check. I we have our waffle maker and we have like six waffle mixes in the closet right now because I got excited about all the varieties we saw at Whole Foods today. Check. And I now work for Parks and Rec. Yep. So what else do I need to do? How do you know you're not like the Donna or the April though? I'm probably the April. No, I'm a little happier than April yeah. on a good day. 
Are you Ann Perkins? I'm, I'm probably Ann Perkins. If she was actually in the Parks and Rec probably department. probably Ann Perkins. Mm. I wish I was Leslie, but I'm probably Ann Perkins. I'm mm. way too fucking lazy to be Leslie. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm yeah. coming closer to my dream of being Leslie now. Yeah. Minus the political stuff. Um, you want to go with your good news now? Sure. <clears throat> mine is mine is kind of rude good news. Um, I'm just celebrating a few things. Mm-hmm. Number one, the men's soccer team. You're celebrating debacle. that? Okay. Just because the last, like, eight years, people have like, men's soccer is on the rise in America. This is the real deal. The last eight years. The last 20 years. Yeah. Like, when we were younger, I went to MLS soccer camps. Uh, like, British soccer dudes would come over and run a soccer summer camp for mm-hmm. you. Like, Well, that's not a good sign. Clearly, America's soccer wasn't on the rise if they had to bring in the I Brits. Know, but... So, so yeah, it's just embarrassing that they did not even make the World Cup. They did and not even qualify. It's annoying that all of these sports outlets, uh, yeah. news outlets, keep saying, for the first time ever, the U.S. soccer hasn't qualified for the World Cup. It's like, the women's U.S. soccer kicks ass. Has kicked yeah. ass since fucking Mia, what's her face? Hum. Mia Hum. Mia yeah. Ham. Brandy Chastain. Brandy Chastain. I was thinking Mia Garcia Parra. Did she change her name? No. They're married, Two though, right? Yeah. Anyway, so he should become no more ham. True. Um, so they have been amazing since the nineties, like nineteen ninety six or whatever Correct. that was. Yeah. And consistently solid. Yeah. And last year they won. Right? Yeah, I think so. It was. I watched some of it. I think. Sure. It was in weird time. I was on at weird times in Australia. Yeah, but, that's right. Um. So they're amazing, yeah. and they went on a big campaign because they get paid so much less than the men's, right. supposedly because they have less of an audience and they win less and all this, but they win more and yeah. more people give a shit about them yeah. easily. Yeah. So what the, the men fuck? are pathetic. Pay the women equally. The men can't even make it past the first fucking round past Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So why Good not? for these tiny little island countries, though. Yeah, good That's for them. Fun. We deserve it. Yeah. Um, but maybe we should take the salary away from the men. Maybe they should get the... What's the opposite of a bonus? Uh, getting fired? The coach already quit, so that's a good sign. No, no. I want like them to get chunks taken pay. out of their salary yeah. to give to the women. I think they need a pay cut. Yeah. Like, I think they should get a penalty for not getting past the first round. They should. And that extra money should go to the women. They should have had to pay for their own flights home. Well, it, that's mean. <laughs> but it should be like, you know how in um, in football a lot of times you get extra extra money if you Incentives, make it to the Incentives, they call it. Yeah, yeah, so they should be, they should both... Men's and women should have the same base salary yeah. and then different incentives if they get further. That would be that would be fair. I like it. Because if they're trying to say it's because they have more people watching or they get further or something like that, then yeah. use the incentives to prove it. Yeah. If that's true, then set up incentives. They're going to pay the same amount. Preach. Anyway, we are the good news is that we don't have to watch Blade Runner. What was that about? Yeah, so I just I just love the stories that came out after the opening weekend of the new Blade Runner movie that were like, Blade Runner took home the most money this weekend, but it did not justify its like $250 million budget. Yeah, the biggest complaints I've been hearing about it are that, once again, they use the background of the setting as some sort of like futuristic Asian thing. Right. But there's not a single Asian with like mm. a, a single line of dialogue in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they like to use that kind of aesthetic yeah. without actually bringing in any of the people that are supposed to live there. Nice. Other than like a couple background people with like maybe a line. Sure. So, um, and supposedly it's really shit towards women again. Hmm. Shocking. So, so yeah, I finally saw sub- a couple of articles that sort of admitted that maybe Blade Runner hasn't pervaded the culture as much as its mega fans think that it has. Okay. 
like, I mean, I was not a totally tuned in pop culture kid, but I don't remember people talking about Blade Runner. Like, they definitely not like they talked about Star Wars or Indiana Jones. Well, yeah, not to her- not to the extent of Harrison Ford's other, other right. Movies. And I feel like people in the last like three years have acted like it was at that like level, like a cult kind yeah, of thing. It, well, yeah, it is more of a cult thing. It's not a phenomenon like those other things. Yeah. So I think it's just being put in its place a little bit. Okay. So you feel justified. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want me to do my bad news? My bad news is your fault this week. I was going to see if you remembered to bring this up. So last week, last weekend. Yep. Well, I was hung over from the last podcast. Browsing the Comcast. You, I walked in and you were watching some sort of weird Nike thing. Because the only channel I can like rely on right now is National Geographic. You're either going to see some cute animals, some peaceful sunsets, or some random stuff like this was. Okay. So do you want to explain what it was? Because I'm still not entirely Sure. Real quick. I think it's called Breaking 2. So this was, this is old news. But Nike set up a program to see if it was humanly possible for someone to run a marathon in sub two hours. Which, what was the current record before that? Do you know? It was like two hours and 17 two minutes ten, or yeah, 12 minutes it, or something. I think it was like under 220, but not. Which we should just compare and contrast this to my time last week running a 5K. Yeah, you could have maybe done a 10K, which is what? Six miles. I would have died. So you would have had 20 miles to go. Yes, I could have done a quarter of it yeah. in that time at my... 5k pace <laughs> so um i couldn't i was very consistent in the 5k yeah the splits were almost exactly the, splits, the yeah. same yeah but they were real slow real <laughs> slow what were they running like fucking two minute miles or something uh well no for 26 miles you have to run basically four and a half minute miles oh my god yeah that's yeah i can't even run a kilometer in yeah. four minutes so nike set up you know all of the conditions right they had to get the perfect weather the perfect shoes of course the perfect synthetic tape to tape on the but people's the legs the weirdest thing was like the perfect pace runners i was yeah. confused at first because there was a lot of runners but like only three of them were real off. runners right. they had like five or six like pace runners that would come in with fresh legs every couple to miles to block the wind and set the pace to block yeah. the wind and set the pace and make it feel like a competition because obviously yeah. if you're just running by yourself yeah against a pace car you don't really have a motivation but the technology of the pace car was cool where they could see the line of where they had to stay near yeah but i found it horrifying i cried um you did cry it was we missed the and we missed the emotional part in the beginning to build up the characters so that's part of the the issue i had with it is we missed like the who these characters were coming in and just looked like they were just forcing black men to run (laughs) and it was these fat white guys going like they really gotta pick up the pace over the headset and it's because they were kind of like can we tell them to pick up the pace? Like, we really want them to. Like, I had but... nachos for lunch and haven't walked in two years <laughs> and have a pot belly, but I guess I should tell this nice African man that he needs to run faster. Yeah, because we bought you shoes, so if you could run a little faster. It felt really exploitative to me. Like, yeah. it felt really like um like a zoo animal or something. Like, like we're going to run these people into the ground. They probably will never walk again after it today. It was like greyhound racing. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. And yeah. it, the fact that it was mostly white engineers and nike support staff like forcing these black uh runners black african runners um to to compete for them it felt really imperialistic and upsetting to me yeah and then no spoilers well spoilers i guess but they didn't make it (laughs) really close 20 seconds off really close he was so sad like they tried so hard and there was this whole crowd watching yeah and then they didn't make it Mm. and it's like this guy has just run two hours like he finished he he beat the world record by like 12 minutes yes 
And he, which I think you said it doesn't really count because right. it's not because so conditions, dumb, yeah. but he like did so good. He tried so hard and he still didn't make it. And the other guys that finished in like 12, two hours and 20 seconds, yeah, like, like you're, you're of no use to us at all. Yeah. Like. Nobody even cared about them. They had no pace runners. No. Nobody was cheering for them. They had no little on guys on bikes. NASCAR track, like, just. It was so sad. And yeah. it's like. None of those people that were keeping track of it could have run anywhere near, could have even finished the marathon no. probably. And because they didn't get under two minutes, like everyone, uh, two hours. Yeah. Everyone was like nice and cheered for them still sure. and stuff. But it was just so heartbreaking because they like could not have run any faster. Like literally, yeah. they were trying so hard. And for what? Yeah. I don't understand been, why. It would have been different if like these three runners came up with this. For cock yeah, to plan. The and they said, we want to hire Nike to help us make this possible. But the fact that it, as far as I understand, it was the opposite. And it was these it's like, like let's do an experiment. Nike, yeah, basically yeah. doing human experimentation. Yeah. I felt very uncomfortable about it. Yeah. And I just felt so bad. They tried so hard. And like, they obviously are not American because they had very good, uh, seemed to have good outlooks on it afterwards. Like yeah. the little interviews they had. And it was like, well, I've done really good, and the next person will only have to beat it by 12 seconds right. instead of 12 minutes yeah. or whatever. I had to beat it. Like, they seemed to have good attitudes about it, but I just felt so bad. They tried so hard and trained so hard, and all they got out of it was some free Nike uh, shirts. What does this mean, then, that you're mo- more emotionally attached to this uh, documentary little short than you are current TV? Oh, yeah. Don't try to get me to be a doco watcher. Okay. Um, so that Any was other bad my, news? Um, my other bad news is also about white people being stupid, particularly one mm. particular white person. Mm. Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about Puerto Rico yet. I guess we were mm. kind of off podcast the first couple weeks that it was going yeah. on. But I just can't. We've donated a lot to Puerto, as much as we can really mm-hmm. to Puerto Rico um, because I just feel horrible about it. Every single time I see Lin-Manuel tweet about it or mm. Ricky Martin talk about it in Ellen or mm. see it come across my Twitter feed. I just like want to give more money because mm. I just can't. The stories are just terrible. Like it's been weeks and weeks and they, most places still have no food, no water, like no electricity. Just it's awful. And the latest thing that I've seen other than a T word blaming Puerto Rico yeah. for and saying they're not trying hard enough to fix it. And, it's and their, their infrastructure was bad in the first yeah, place. And that yeah. And they're putting us in debt. But yeah. also that the, most recent money that Congress wants to give them is a loan hmm. being, they have to pay us back four and a half billion dollars hmm. sometime in the future, even though they have no crops, no food, no power. Like how the fuck are they supposed to pay back $4 billion? Wow. And I don't know if it's just a loan quote unquote, because that's how hmm. they have to classify it in the budget and they don't expect to be paid back or something, Could but be. Uh, it's bullshit. They're hmm. Americans. And even if they weren't Americans, would it be different if it was a state? I wonder, would it? Mm. If only we had two hurricanes before it in uh, in U.S. states. Yeah. Texas and Florida. Trump wasn't there talking about how they ruined the budget. No. He wasn't there saying, oh, we've only got a limited time to help you. We can't be there forever. He literally said, quote, unquote, we will be here as long as you need us. And then to Puerto Rico, he said, mm, we can't we can't have FEMA there forever. you got to do your own work now. So it is mm-hmm. different okay. because of the nationality of the people. And well, that's what I'm wondering, is if Puerto Rico was a state, not if it had hit a different state, but if Puerto Rico was a state, do you think it would have been treated differently? Probably, because mm-hmm. Trump talked about how he met with the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. He is the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, they're U.S. territories. Uh, like, oh. they're also a U.S. territory. Yeah. So, it's just ridiculous that the the contrast between the response, like, if this was his only disaster, and mm-hmm. this was how he was treating, you'd kind of be like, wow, he just sucks. But if you compare it to Harvey in 
in Texas, Texas and yeah. Irma in Florida, and then yeah. compare it to Maria in Puerto Rico, uh-huh. it's so, so different, the response, and it's just absolute bullshit, and I just feel horrible for them. So if you haven't donated to Puerto Rico yet, mm. um, and you've been thinking about it and not sure where to do it, um, hispanicfederation.org slash donate is the one Lynn Mar- Manuel Miranda has been pushing, and then the Ricky Martin Foundation um, he's been to Puerto Rico and is going back to Puerto Rico with more supplies, and he was on mm-hmm. Ellen show talking about it. So the Ricky Martin Foundation is a good one. Um, we also found an Amazon list where you can... Yeah, that one was that. fun. Yeah, because you actually pick out things, yeah. but you don't have to try and do it in a drive locally and have it get transported or whatever. Ours went straight to Houston, I think, and then it was going mm-hmm. out to Puerto Rico. Um, so please donate if you haven't already. I know... I tend to do with a lot of these things, just save some links or put on my to-do list to get to it later. But, mm-hmm. um, in this case, just, just do it. Like take two seconds and go to one of those links and give, even if you can only give five or 10 bucks, like makes a big difference. And the sooner you do it, the better because people are starving or people in hospitals that aren't getting medicine or don't have the electricity they need. So because <sighs> our government isn't going to do anything, it's especially important that we uh, help them out because they're going to need us. So we'll seed our typical commercial break to that. Yes, to that. Um, and the I saw some interesting news coming out of it that um, mm. Elon Musk, who I'm kind of meh about, mm. um, is supposedly in some talks with them about setting up a 100% yes. solar infrastructure. Yes, he's going to redo their electricity. I know that it would need to be passed through Congress and passed through the Puerto Rican representatives and stuff, so mm-hmm. it's not something that he can just wave his magic uh, Tesla wand. Yeah. But um, that would be amazing, and it's a very really good opportunity Um that's going to come out wrong. Um, it, it's obviously a horrible tragedy what happened to them, but if they can then get a better infrastructure that's going to be yeah. more resilient next time yeah. and be less reliant on expensive fossil fuels and yeah. things like that, it's going to it's going to hopefully so be better for them in the yeah. long run if they can, in terms of rebuilding. So um, I kind of hope that works out. That would be really cool, and mm-hmm. it would be the biggest scale they've attempted in terms of doing like a hundred percent solar network. Yeah. Um, cause they've done it on one smaller Island. I forget which Island it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it on some smaller Island in the Caribbean. Um, but this would be a larger upscale of that. So. And how about we donate the proceeds of this episode? <laughs> yeah. So, wouldn't that mean we're taking money away from Puerto Rico? funny um my only bad news that i wanted to mention how do you feel about the boy scout story which one girls are now invited to join females with vaginas well first of all why would you pick someplace that sells fucking popcorn and not cookies true because the whole point of girl scouts was selling the cookies the last three years i was in the girl scouts i was like cookies that was why i was in it you weren't for the badges for the no i was in it for the cookies and not even like i did like to do some sales back then and a little bit of competition Hmm. but mostly i just liked the cookies um and i liked handing out the cookies and doing Mm -hmm. cookie sales and stuff but um i would be interested in just scouts in general that's my point yeah um just like on parks and rec that episode it's true when they had the goddess, Pawnee goddesses, yeah. and then like Ron Swanson's, Ron's boy, boys, whatever, whatever scouts, yeah. and then they ended up merging at the end. I think, yeah. especially now with, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but gender equality getting a little bit further than maybe it was when we were yeah. younger. Um, why? I, yeah. Why separate them? Yeah. Like it's not like boys can't sew and girls can't camp. No. Like why not just teach everybody the same skills and. And yeah, my point is just, like, like you're setting these poor girls up for disaster. Like, if they are more interested in doing the Boy Scout things, whether that's BB guns or popcorn or whatever it is, 
like they're set up to be mocked or bullied if they show up to boy scout yeah, camp. Yeah, I mean, sports were the same way. Like, girls couldn't play baseball. You had to play right. softball. Like, yeah. girls weren't allowed. I remember, like, issues of girls that wanted to play on the boys' travel teams because they were more competitive and more serious, but it was, like, a big deal. Yeah. So, on one hand, I kind of think that girls need safe spaces to be females. Like, mm-hmm. I like the idea that Girl Scouts is kind of a female empowerment thing, so you can go in and be around other girls and not feel like you have to impress the boys or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember when I was in, like, third grade, my mom will still tell me how traumatized she was about this as well, that my Girl Scout troop, the money that we earned, they wanted to get take a limo and go get our nails done. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I didn't say that when I was eight, but that was the, that was the general tone. I was very displeased. Yeah. I wasn't, like, a camping person necessarily. I didn't want to, like, go spend the, the night under a tree, but right. I would have loved to, like, go on a hike or do something a bit more adventurous and yeah. all, or, like, even just go to, like, a ice skating rink or roller skating rink yeah. or do something a bit more active, and it got voted in my troop to go get our nails done wow. and get a limo, and that was what we wanted to spend the money on. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of having female spaces. Um, so that girls can kind of empower other girls, Mm -hmm. but I also think they should be able to have equal opportunity. And I think what gets overlooked a lot of times with feminism is like that not all boys want to camp either. No. Like. You're preaching to the choir here. I'm like, it's just, it, it's not always a safe place for boys I would have kicked ass at Girl Scouts. Selling cookies and doing crafts. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was, I think it could go both ways. I think to make more inclusive spaces in general, whether or not it's letting girls into scouts, whether it's making a whole new third organization, an offshoot that's... Yeah, one way you don't have to do fucking knots. Yeah, we never had to do knots. Good. Um, So maybe there needs to be like a third option. I think there's a a market opportunity for us. Like a co-ed option for kind of that that is a bit more inclusive, especially for kids that are gender fluid or transgender or something and don't necessarily feel comfortable in segregated gender spaces i like it so all right let's keep this moving we're gonna keep this one under an hour that's the end of my notes so i'm i'm just free free balling from here on out all right so do you want to go into books first should the children love the books that wasn't right the children love the books um we need a movie one we don't have a movies of tv quote Mm. We'll, th- we'll think. We'll okay. ruminate on that. Mm. Um, so we are... I don't have any notes on this one either. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about Ink and Bone. It is yep. the first... It's a, a book. <laughs> it's the first in a trilogy, the Great Library series. Yeah. I picked it up not knowing very much about it at all. Mm. And I really liked it. I thought mm. it was unique. I thought it was really um, compelling. Like, it kept my interest. It was a pretty quick read. And I thought it was pretty... Cool genre of like speculative fiction would you call it or alternate universe or yeah a little bit of both alternate reality kind of yeah so for a bit of a summary if you have no no idea what i'm talking about yeah do we is, know the author's name you want me to pull it um, up megan rachel kane sorry yep. rachel kane she was lovely to us on twitter when we had it as oh, book of the week okay i won't say Shout too much out. negative stuff um she's definitely not listening so it's okay <laughs> but um so it's a book about what if the library of alexandria right. had not been sacked and burned yeah so if all of that knowledge had remained but what would have happened if that became kind of if they got too powerful because they were the seat of you know all the knowledge in the world and what if that became too powerful and they became this kind of um all-encompassing center of knowledge keeper of knowledge keeper of knowledge so it turns into a bit of a alternate reality dystopia where it's meant to be our reality but if you know the timelines had 
had separated yeah. back in whatever century that was. Yeah. So it's I, th- I thought it was interesting because it was meant to be similar to our world. There's a little bit of magic and stuff, but not not. Yeah, that's part of what turned me off. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there in a second. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's meant to be alternate reality, and it's meant to be kind of young adult dystopian. Yeah. Um, setup. So the main character's name is Jess. Yeah. He comes from a family of book smugglers. Right. So books are contraband here. You can't have paper books in your possession. The great library, the Library of Alexandria, controls all book knowledge. So basically everyone has like type of Kindle thing Mm -hmm. where they can read reproductions of books, but you are not allowed. Unclear whether it's waterproof or not. (laughs) But you are not allowed to um, have your own books. You're not allowed to write your own books. Right. You're not allowed to come up with any of your own ideas or to distribute any books whatsoever if it's not under the name of the Great Library. Yeah. So Jess, the main character, the protagonist, comes from a family of book smugglers, like the black market of books. Yep. And, um eventually ends up in this training program not eventually too quick for my taste okay the pro- jump in go the ahead the prologue is him with his dispute with his father and he's kind of like almost like a kid terrorist like they strap a book to his <laughs> belly and have him run through marketplaces the, the terrorists are the ones that throw the fire yeah but anyways this prologue ends with an old man eating a book mm. and at that point i was like this is weird but I'm okay with this. The book lickers. I'm okay with this. Yeah. And then, boom, the actual plot starts, and it's like, we're going going to Hogwarts. We're going to try to do Hogwarts all over again. You know I love a good training sequence with kids, though, aside from X-Men. Aside from (laughs) X-Men. You're Um, so picky. (laughs) So, he gets into this school, and it's kind of unclear. Mm. Okay, fine. He... (laughs) You do the rest of the summary, He... His dad... His dad gets him into the school as part of a master plan, correct? Because it's all part of the smuggling plan. But it never comes back enough to that. I would have enjoyed a whole book, a, a whole plot about book smuggling. Would have loved it. Okay. Hmm. You seem like you have more to say, so it's I don't feel like I, I shouldn't start no, talking. No, go ahead. I won't jump in. Um, just jumped in three times already. <laughs> so, I liked the characters. I It was um, Jess and a couple other girls... Uh, couple other boys, a couple other girls to kind the of students, make this yeah. the student group plus the teacher who there's like a lot more to the teacher than you think. Yeah. Um, and more to his backstory. Jump in. Go ahead. You're making the face. <laughs> he was just, he was like the Snape of this book. Where it was no like, way. Where no. it was like, oh, well we can the excuse. The gay Snape? Yeah. We can excuse what he's doing here because you didn't know about this part of his I don't past. Think so. I don't think that's what it was like. Hmm. A little bit. Okay, disagree. So for me, it really lost me when they start going... When they send these foreign children into battle in Oxford. Mm. Like, it's going okay. They're in this school, and you're like, wait, is Jess, like, really getting involved with this? You know, he's trying to be, like, a library person, like, ingrained in, like, this culture? Or is he still trying to be, like, a spy for his family? And they're like... Uh, we just started a big battle in Oxford, England, and we need to send these little kids in training into battle. Yeah, but you find out later why. Yeah, it's very convoluted. All right, so I thought the first book was really good. I read the second book in the series mm. recently, Paper and Fire. Something like that, yeah. And um, Paper and Fire. And didn't like it as much. I gave the first one in component A and the second one a B minus. Okay, I went so, C minus with the first one. Yeah, and if you want to look at the other ones, it has a B B plus average and the other reviews are A, A plus, A minus, A and B. So I think I have terrible taste. Um 
a bit on the outs here. The second book, wow. I agree with what you were saying. It got too convoluted. The second book, you didn't know like who was rooting for who and who was on what side. Yeah. And it, it got very confusing. In the first book, I think there were enough kind of twists and turns of, oh, what's going on with the teacher and his allegiances and mm-hmm. um, the kids' families and stuff like that. So I thought there was enough kind of interesting backstory that got revealed piece by piece. The second one just made no sense in terms of where mm-hmm. the allegiance and was were, who was where, what their priorities were for who was going to rescue who and who was watching who and okay. who was in trouble. I don't think it's going to be worth so, my time then. No, I wouldn't recommend If If you've already thought that about the first book, right. the second book is worse. See, it seems like I'm just really into it. Maybe my taste is oh, extra okay. good and I can tell. Yeah, okay. We're going to talk about N.K. Jemison another time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> be Maybe I'll just copy and paste this entire discussion. <laughs> um, so, I thought the first one, I, I a little bit get what you're saying, that mm. it's kind of set up some book smuggling things that they didn't really follow through with, Yeah. but I liked it. I thought it was decently, at least in my opinion, it was decently cohesive. It kept mm. me reading. I liked the cast of characters, and I thought like, I thought the pacing of revealing different bits of information was pretty good, so it kept me interested without being too much of an info dump. Yeah. Um, but the second book, not as good. The pacing was a bit off. Allegiances were all over the place. And uh, it, the first one I just remember flying through. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Reading. And the second one was a drag. I owned it for like months before I finally picked it up. Mm-hmm. And I started reading it and I got really excited. I started reading it. And it took me like weeks to get there, even though it's only like 300 pages and it's a pretty small paperback. I just couldn't get into it. Like the I second feel- half mm-hmm. of it went really quick. And once the climax got going, it was quick and it was good. But it took a long time for the setup to get into it. Do you want me to tell you what happens in the beginning of it? I just feel so bad for these young adults who think that this is the fiction for them. It's exhausting. (laughs) Go ahead. Give me a hint of what comes next. Spoilers if you haven't read the series at all. So Jess and more, uh, no, Jess and, um, the, he got his friend killed because he started a paper press. Gutenberg. Is he killed though? Oh no. (laughs) So it start the, the part that was really slow for me in the second book, um, so, Jess and the Welsh girl. Yeah, I'm forgetting her. There's name two. Right now. There's two female kind of leads. Yeah. Uh, Morgan is the one who's the ma- like has the magic. Yeah. And then the other one, whose name I'm blanking on right now, the Welsh yeah. one. She's like a battle. She's yeah. like a soldier. The two of them end up. You see that. You see that in the first book. The two of them end up in like soldier training, essentially. Yeah. And then the smart Indian girl. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. And the other. Um, a mean guy, uh, Spanish kid. Yeah, starts with D, Darren yeah. or something. He that the two of them end up in like the scholar track. So Jess okay. really wants to be the scholar track, but he gets punished um, for being involved with Thomas's thing. So he gets put in like the lowest soldier ranking, essentially. Yeah, and then their teacher just like disappears. Um, um, so it takes a very long time for them to kind of figure out what's going down and c- kind of get back get the group back together yeah but in a boring way sometimes when that happens like in the second book of lord of the rings and they go off on their own adventures that's my yeah. favorite book mm. like mary and pippin get captured it's and they go after good. have you ever read it <laughs> one time what when you were six <laughs> yeah pretty much so sometimes i like that sometimes yeah. it works it did not work in this book mm. like it didn't get interesting until they were all back together and working no together you gotta do again. that like as the first thing in the book you gotta get the oh, band no. back together it was like the first third of the book they were all separate who no one knew who knew what and he wasn't telling who wasn't telling what and it was it took a lot to get into so I'll probably read the third one just to see how it ends really? up okay. uh, well it ended on a decent cliffhanger like they all got mm. back together and um, kind of put the wheels in motion for some bigger stuff happening so okay. I'd be interested in, and they're pretty quick like paperback reads yeah. so I'd be interested in finishing the series but 
The second one did disappoint me, considering how much I liked the first one. Alrighty. So the second thing we're talking about, um, we both forget already, so it's going to be interesting. I think we should just give, like, our overall feelings about this. So, what's not going to be our TV and our movie, like, catchphrase? Um, I got nothing. We could just both try to hum the Parks and Rec theme song every week. Do, do, I think do, you need two people. Do, 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 you know, that comes in the second part. No, you have to wait. Can I point to you? Sure. It starts with... Alright. We'll be better next week. Um, The series we're talking about is not Parks and Rec. No. We are talking about Orphan Black. Oh, oh boy. This is another one that had a lot of ups and downs. I'll start our I'll just let's just describe our experience with this show. Okay. From so start y- to finish. You thought it could be your next loss. You're always searching for your next loss. Right. And everything disappoints you. Orphan Black, so Westworld, what was I, it? I, one? Uh oh. Leftovers. Leftovers. So I sat in this really cramped office with this really creepy, like herbal medicine lady at my first adult job. And she terrified me ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. But one random day she walked in and she said Bennett, you should watch this new show that's coming out called Orphan Black. And I was like... And I'm pretty sure it was my um, co-worker at the time. Wasn't it really? Steve that I recommended so. it? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's about clones and all the science. It's on BBC. And I was like, whatever, girl. I ain't ever watching this show. And I yeah. was like, this looks pretty good. And then, no, but then I came home and said, oh, Steve said we should watch it too. Yeah. And he and I have decently similar tastes sometimes in books and movies and stuff. So... There you go. So we got both recommended different people at work. Yeah. So season one, I really enjoyed from start to finish. Yes, it was it was very tight. Yeah, like like there weren't any filler waste episodes. No, like every episode reveals new characters, but right. not at a pace of like you're confused and don't know who's who. Yeah, like, and the core of characters was still very small. Yeah, even with Tatiana playing three or four people <laughs> in the, the first season, and the mystery of it was still pretty small. As oh well. yeah. So a summary for anyone who like hasn't been following because it is a little bit of a cult show still, or a little bit, a yeah. little bit of a small type show because it was on yeah. BBC America, which has no Toronto. other shows except for uh, our favorite Georgie and Puppy show. <laughs> What was that even called? Uh, royal? Something royal? Almost royal. Almost royal. Yeah. When is that coming back? Never. Um, so the main actress, Tatiana Maslany, she mm-hmm. p- plays, like, what, 16 characters over the course of the whole show? Almost, yeah, double digits, probably. Like, the first... Um, the pilot starts with um, with her main character. She starts off as Sarah, who is this badass British, British version. And she gets off a train where the first, like, two seasons, they never admit that they're filming and shooting in Canada. And finally, by, like, season five, they use the word Canada for the yeah. first time. Anyway, she's on a, she's on a train platform. In some sort of ambiguous city. Yeah, landscape. heading towards Toronto, I think. And she sees a clone of herself. She sees her own face on somebody else. Yeah. And then that person jumps in front of a train. Right. And leaves her purse behind. And right. Sarah is a bit of a... She's had some, like... Uh, it's just the law, let's say. She's a bit yeah. of a runaway. She's an orphan, and yeah. um, she's been adopted by this other lady. So she grabs the purse and says, let me just steal this chick's identity. Yeah, because she probably has money. She first does it just to try and get some money to yeah. get her, because um, Sarah has a daughter that has been in custody with her like uh, adoptive mother. Yeah. So, that's, so that was Beth who commits suicide, and I kept waiting for her to actually come back somehow. She never does. No, she didn't. She really but, didn't. So she is a cop, so this has like a 25, you know, if we were doing a book digits analysis, it's like a 20% cop Detective drama maybe. Cop yeah. Drama, yeah. So and Beth, there's like family secrets yeah. and um, Action thriller. Action thriller kind of, yeah. Um, my favorite Comedy. character. Yeah. 
She can't think I'm dead, Fee. Felix. Felix was my Aww. favorite character, played by Jordan Cavaris. Yeah. Um, he is Sarah's foster sister. I kept waiting for Felix. There would be foster Felix brother. clones. Sorry, yeah. foster. Yeah. <laughs> brother Sestra. We knew at one point that they were going to start doing male clones, and if it was going to be a Felix clone, it was going to be a kind of a jump, jump the shark moment, but I it know, still would have been really cool. I loved Felix, so yeah. I really wanted to be there, there to be Felix clones. So Felix does get some family drama later on. With yeah, I never enjoyed so. that. Anyways. Um, so just to wrap up kind of the season one plot, so you have Sarah, who's alive, who takes over for Beth. That infiltrates her in the cop police area. And we get introduced to a couple other clones in season one. The, mm-hmm. the good clones in the beginning would be Kasima, who is the dread-wearing scientist from Minnesota, I think. Yeah, really? Yeah, she was Rochester. Oh, she is awesome. She, yeah, not my favorite. She's probably, like, the one I'd most like to be friends with. She's not yeah. necessarily my favorite one with her arc from the show. Yeah. But if I could pick any of them to, like, get a drink with, it would be Casino. Well, except for the fact that she's constantly dying, so she'd be really challenging oh, no, to I have a drink say, with. no, I except for the fact that Delphine falls over. Oh, Delphine. oh. Like, usually I'm very supportive of um, any sort of gay storyline, and I was did not like yeah. this one. I thought so Delphine season was one is pretty much a big trio between Sarah, Casima, and the star Allie. of the show, Allison. Allison. Allison and Donnie. Which means you get some Donnie. And Donnie season Halloween one. costume that one yeah. year. Donnie season one is like is he a bad guy like that was and they had all the drama on their little suburban road with and don't forget helena well right i was gonna say those were the three good clones yeah. quote unquote and then helena comes and fucks shit up it's probably actually the best character overall yes um if you do not do not actually watch the show you have no fucking clue what i'm no. talking about so drill down into one sentence there are clones uh all played by tatiana maslani yep. from all over the world they are seem to be getting hunted down and killed, and it's unclear whether it's by the organization that created the clones mm-hmm. or by someone who's against the clones. Right. And to add some drama to that, they seem to all be getting sick as well. Yeah. So there's this drama of who owns them, why were the clones made, what's their purpose, why were they yeah. just allowed to be out in the world, and then the drama of what's going to happen to them. Like, can they stay alive? Can they fight the system? Um, can so, they fight mm. their own clones that are within the system? Yeah. Rachel? So the issue is, is that, like, 90% of what you just described is wrapped up in the season one finale. The only outlying part is, can they continue to survive? Right. And then they kind of go a little weird. <laughs> I just <laughs> almost stole my wine. They almost go a little bit too weird with the boy clones and then all of a sudden yeah. forget about that. So season three maybe they have male clones as well yeah. and they get into a lot of Greek mythology with Lita and Project Lita yeah. and Project Castor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last season was strange. Strangely yeah. paced. The last season just finished. It was six seasons total? Five I seasons? think six, yeah. Um, so I do appreciate that they wrapped it up and didn't just keep going forever with it. Like yeah. they tried to finalize the plot points yeah. but i didn't love where they went with the island of dr moreau basically yeah. being a real place and the, the guy who never Moreland, ages P. yeah pt westmoreland yeah he never ages but does he is he a fraud does he really never age like i didn't care about that storyline no. and that was like 75 percent of the final season yeah. was all of this stuff with the island that they introduced in the final season, essentially. And then they butchered the Allison character as well, where she went off and came back with somewhat purple hair and was I thought different. that was going to be a different clone that was pretending right. to be Allison. That's how different it seems. I didn't like so that. So Helena, they totally... Uh, hers was the know. best storyline, and they totally like put her off screen for most yeah. of it. 
Um, the like the best and worst parts of the show are there's this weird dynamic where you start having Tatana Maslani playing different characters as different characters. Yes, so when and she's vi- playing yeah. Allison, who's pretending to be Casino right. or whatever. And the first two or three times it happens, it's like really, really magical. And then in like the later seasons, it's like, oh, is she doing Casima doing Sarah now? Ugh, this is just, yeah. And I got to the point where I was waiting for that. Like when Allison yeah. came back and was all weird, I was like, oh my gosh, is someone else, is it a different clone? Yeah. Captured Allison, pretending to be Allison. I was like, nope, Allison just got weird. Yeah, and we won't talk about Tony, the transgender. No, that was a weird little insert. Single episode. Um. So, but my, overall, I liked that they wrapped most things up. I actually thought they wrapped it up a bit too tidily. Yeah. There was a death, and I won't say who it was, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like they got out of it scot-free, but... There's a character named Scott. That's funny. Mm. Um, it wasn't like they got out of it with absolutely no losses. Yeah. But considering what they were up against and, like, how difficult it was and how many people died in earlier seasons, like, mm-hmm. tragically and in, like, huge fires and bombs and guns and stuff, yeah. it just seemed like once they figured everything out, it was a little bit too easy. And yeah. I know they worked really hard for it, but it seemed to come together really quickly. And I was waiting for more twists of, oh, so-and-so's been evil all along. Yep. Or... Um, that didn't really seem to happen. They seemed to have it be a little bit too, yes, we like the good has defeated the evil. Right. And that seemed a bit unrealistic considering the other, some of the other challenges sure. they had in the previous seasons. And then your biggest complaint about the finale. Well. The final. The biggest complaint is there was this weird epilogue. Like I thought yeah. they, they finished and there was kind of a dramatic moment and they, mm-hmm. they were all together. And then there was this really weird picnic, epilogue. Picnic epilogue, yeah. A weird epilogue and like, I don't know that I've ever been like, thank God for that epilogue. No. Like, in most books and TV shows and movies and stuff, like, just leave the epilogue out. Leave that up to the imagination. Yeah. And in this epilogue, I don't know if this something got cut and there was meant to be a different ending, but in the epilogue, mm. the last word is shite fish. Yeah. Sarah says shite a lot, so maybe that's an, supposed to be an inside joke. I don't but... know. They were talking about going to a beach, and then, um, I guess I just told you Sarah didn't die, but some right. Sarah says something about... Oh, they definitely are going to be shite fish. And that's like the last wow. line of the series. It was really yeah, weird. Yeah, basically talk. in the last three minutes, they try to like show Sarah as depressed, even though things are somewhat calm. And then people are like, you're a good person. You don't have to be depressed. And you can go back to school. And she's like, yeah, let's go fishing. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> um, I have, I think I have a pivotal point. Okay, tell me. The show... Went in the wrong direction, went off the rails when they got into a uh, business dispute, contractual dispute, with the character who played Cal, who was mm-hmm. Kira, uh, Sarah's daughter, who has special powers, her biological father. And they run into each other, I think, in season two or season three. Three, I think. And it's all, he's into shady business, and you're like, what role does he play in all this? And, like, he watches Kira, but can he be trusted with Kira? And The actor who played him got into some sort of... Game of Thrones. He was on Game of Thrones. So he may have jumped ship. And he's no longer on Game of Thrones anyway. Wow, he can't keep a job. Yeah. So he left, and they had totally abandoned that whole storyline of where he was, like, hiding them in Alaska or whatever... And I just felt like it kind of lost its way after that. Yeah, like maybe they had set it up to be a lot more things with him. Maybe he was supposed to help them in the end, in the final season. Yeah. Um, So, anyways, it's worth a watch for sure. It was a very different show, and I appreciate that. Definitely. Because I think sometimes, like, sci-fi shows like The Magicians, which we may talk about (laughs) on Slow Week, um, are a bit rough. Yeah. Um, Whereas this one, I thought, for what it was, the acting and the production value were actually very good. Like, the acting is really solid. The writing was generally good. 
and the production for all it well, was yeah. like in Backrose Toronto was solid. Probably what the show will be forever known for is whatever technological advances they made in terms of dual screen characters. Yeah, so Tatiana playing the she played all the clones, but yeah. obviously they talked a lot of times. Right. And, and there's only so much they could do to have the camera flip kind of thing. I was gonna say in a bunch of scenes they had they apparently they had one double played her for the entire run of the series who this poor woman, you know, she was on screen I guess once she played like she some like sort of same, side character. Yeah, but she has like the same build as her and yeah, they would just change her hair the and wigs. change her clothes and But there are a lot of scenes where like and I remember pointing out to you one time I was like she just passed a glass of wine to her and that was to herself yeah. both of them on screen yeah and like the dance party that ended one of the yeah. seasons they always talk about the production of that because it was all uh four of the characters five, five of the almost, characters in the yeah. same room doing a dance party so they had yeah. to film it and layer yeah so the the actors had to do the same thing every time except yeah. tatiana jumped into one of each of them yeah so i mean we're basically doing the same stuff with this podcast yes, production value yes, here so much but production value um, I just think to wrap up, we should go off a quick list of... Rank the clones. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Best to worst or worst to best? Um, worst to best. Okay. my So, like, more major clones. Major clones. Um, Kasima, I guess, is my least favorite. Really? Was, we're just waiting for her to kick the bucket. Okay. Oh, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Um, Kasima, I'm going to forget some. Kasima, Sarah, can I include Crystal? Yeah, I was going to include Crystal. Crystal. Allison's at my top. Who else did I forget? Rachel and... Oh. Um, Rachel was pretty Helena. hot. Multiple times I found myself going, ooh, that actress is kind of hot. And I was like, oh, this is the same <laughs> goddamn actress. Uh, so sorry, Rachel should be down further. And then, yeah, probably Helena and then Allison. I think I'm going to go backwards, actually. I think I'm going to start with the top. Okay, it's probably um, which season? Just overall? Overall. I think Helena was my favorite. Yeah. I'm going to go Helena, Allison, Cosima, Sarah, Crystal, Rachel. I didn't, Rachel didn't do it for me. Yeah. Looks wise, but also just her story. Like, did she redeem herself? Did she not? No was she idea. Good? Was she evil? Like, she changed allegiances so many times. I yeah. understand that's realistic. Like, she was basically just looking out for herself and her interests. Yeah. And I get that, but... I think a lot of the other clones, Tatiana did a very good job of them having very distinctive features and personalities yeah. and stuff. And Rachel, I just didn't feel that about her. And maybe that was on purpose. She was supposed to be a bit of a chameleon to fit the room because she was kind of like a salesperson or a business person. Yeah. But I didn't feel very much affection towards her at all. I kind of wish something bad had happened, worse had happened But Donnie and Helena are the best pairing yes. ever. Yeah. You ship them. That's your biggest yeah. ship from the show. Yeah. Um, who are your, like, let's rank the side characters then. Okay. I'll go first. Delphine's the worst. We yes. can agree. <laughs> Felix is my top one. Definitely. Felix. Donnie. Donnie. Siobhan. Art. Yeah. Scott. Uh, Delphine. Oh. Shit. Felix. Donny, Donnie. Siobhan. Scott. That other comic book kid with the blonde hair. Yeah. Art. What about Paul from way back season oh, one? fuck Paul. <laughs> Art and Delphine. Art, Paul, Delphine. Yeah. What okay. about you? You agree with those? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I know Donnie's. You were Donnie for Halloween once. Donnie's amazing. Yeah, Donnie and Allison. Yeah. So takeaway, I would still recommend watching it. the The seasons aren't very long. No, the first couple seasons ten, are really solid, episodes, and it's it's just really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It's a 
the storyline does go a little bit off the rails sometimes, but it's a very unique show. It definitely doesn't feel like any other show that you've ever watched. Yeah. And it's it's fun just to watch the different characters. and It has uh, big acting. arcs. It's not like, like, there, like there are subplots in each episode, but it's not like... Right, we were just complaining about how some of the network TV shows like ABC and whatever, there's such short little 20-minute clips where there's like one action one resolution yeah. one the end this yeah. has very long arcs not so long that you forget about what's happening but long yeah. enough for the most part <laughs> for the most if you can part. if you can get through the, it all in a year i think you'd be great but us you know going sometimes 12 months without yeah, seeing this it, it is was a like, show that i almost wish we had waited until it was later seasons and then caught just, like, up with caught a bunch up. Yeah. like i always get overwhelmed if there's too many seasons to watch in a row because you feel like you never finish yeah going but... into season two and season three i watched the previous season each right. one time before and that was good but hey, that's into, a big commitment going into the last seasons yeah. i wish we had time to rewatch or could have got like a one episode summary of what happened yeah. or something because because i did struggle with some of the longer arcs about like some of the characters they brought back in the finale i was like who the fuck is that well that's what that's when you know that kind of a show's in a little bit too deep because they do do the the they do (laughs) do the recap at the beginning and when that stretches on for like multiple minutes and like there's a lot of quick flashes you're like wow they gotta fill in a lot of stuff they're gonna bring in a lot of stuff that we don't remember so they struggled a little bit with the last season, bringing in stuff from seasons three and four to try to finalize plot lines that they had kind of dropped. So yeah. they struggled with that a little bit. But overall, I think I would recommend it. What do you think? Yeah. I think it's one of the more interesting, unique TV shows that we've watched yep. um, in the past years. Mm-hmm. So how are we doing on time? We didn't make it. Sorry. No. I have no um, upcoming stuff, though. No so. sub one, one hour podcast. <laughs> no. Can't be done. We <laughs> Sorry, need Nike. Nike. We need Nike. Um. I have a couple upcoming things. I've already talked about how much I don't care about Justice League. Show movie what? The movie. Okay. Don't care. Um, ben Affleck in that Drunken Haze is going to be in it? Yes. Oh, good lord. Um, I saw some comment like, okay, how many um, known har- harassment or abusers are going to be in that? <laughs> Which isn't funny, but it's bad. Mm. Um, Sister Sister officially is getting a reboot. Did oh, you see god, that? Oh god, no. Oh, Tia and Samara are still pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um... You were the one that said you wish Smart Guy got a reboot over that, didn't you? Yeah, say? give me some Taj. Um, and a couple other like a little bit more obscure things that I've seen. Okay. I really like Gina Rodriguez. I never finished Jane the Virgin. Right. I'm on like the first season somehow, and I kind of dropped it. You mm-hmm. would think I would like it because it's it's a lot in Spanish. Yep. And I like Gina Rodriguez and whatever, but it's a bit too soapy for me, kind of. Um, I may go back and pick it up sometime, but um. So, didn't love that, but I love Gina Rodriguez. I think she's okay. really badass. She's really cool. I want to be her friend. What's her new project? Um, a movie called Annihilation. Okay. I know nothing about it. not sound that, up your alley. Except that Gina Rodriguez and Oscar Isaac are in it. Uh-huh. And I, I love both of them. Okay. So, Oscar Isaac, we've seen him in Ex Machina. Yeah. And also Star Wars. It sounds like a horror movie, though. I think it's a little bit more of like a Rambo kind of movie. You can't even make it through like these Skittles commercials for Halloween. So <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> it was Reese's and it was scary. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's a horror movie. I think it's more of like a Rambo, Rambo kind of okay. movie. We'll see. Um, the other one I saw, a Netflix show. I know we're giving them Netflix. Mm. But um, I don't even know what the title was. But it was focused on a, a little boy who's a superhero. Mm-hmm. But the main character is his mom. Okay. So it's a little bit yeah, of a twist. that must like, be a job. It's a little bit of was like you know when we were talking about um, it's interesting to see like what the city deals with like how, why everyone would you yeah. live in Gotham um, so this is kind of a similar thing to that it's like 
the superhero, but the superhero is not the focus. So it's about the mom to the seven-year-old superhero yeah. and how does she balance, like, training him and raising him as a regular boy and mm-hmm. disciplining him and, like, how does she deal with that? Are school him? Yeah, send him to public school? Yeah, oh. so it's about, like, her being a single mom of a, a child with special needs in some kind of way, wow. except he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it seemed pretty interesting and it seemed very not, um... Not produced, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, it wasn't really campy and hokey and whatever. Yeah. It seemed like almost like a single camera doc- documentary of mm. a mom raising a superhero child. Okay. So it seemed, it was almost like a non serialized nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Or kind of like, I guess, like a, um, fo- what do you call it? Mm-hmm. Mockumentary is yeah. the word I was trying to think of. Kind of like a mockumentary almost. And mm-hmm. there's like some home video style clips and stuff. So I was intrigued by it. Okay. It seemed like a small scale superhero movie which is or superhero show which is interesting because a lot of superhero shows end up being ridiculous overdone marvel bullshit yeah so this seems like very much the opposite direction of that of kind of a not even low budget but just like micro superhero show just focus on one family okay so i was intrigued by i don't even know the name of it but um well i'll try to find the trailer on twitter and and put it on our twitter i've realized we forgot last week what to do our Twitter at the end, we kind of just signed off. DD, get down. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, we do, we, and by we, I mean I. Get down, get down. Thanks for that. Um, I do my best to post the links on Twitter. So if you do, if you either had no idea what we were talking about or want to read Mm -hmm. a little bit more about some of the stories you heard on today's podcast, you can check out our Twitter at DD, get down. Uh, My personal Twitter which is usually a bit off the rails lately and a lot of angry political <laughs> yeah. stuff with maybe some cute Parks and Rec gifts interspersed. Parental um, guidance is advised. Yes, at Heather324. You yeah. never use your Twitter, but it's at Bennett Gap. Go outside, kids. Okay, Grandpa on the porch. <laughs> uh, old Man River. <laughs> 21 Jump Street. 22, 22 Jump, Jump Street. Street. That's been on, on TV a every lot. Time. We're struggling with having too many channels now. Yeah. Um, but please... Uh, check us out on Twitter and yeah. we only have two reviews and I know we only have like three followers but if that mm. third listener could just make a review <laughs> that would really make our day so we'd love a review uh, and if you're not already subscribed of course you should subscribe we tend to post these a little bit irregularly so yeah, uh, you never know you never know when, when you're going to have a little surprise in yeah. your podcast download pocket yeah <laughs> creepy <laughs> so please subscribe and um shoot us a review if you haven't already done so and maybe like tell a friend that you listen to this cool podcast mm-hmm. and they should listen as well maybe we can get our first sponsor that's not bookdigits.com com. okay i'm just gonna finish drinking my wine and i'm gonna go sleep all right cheers yay oh that's terrible <laughs> thanks for listening guys see you next week